Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Monday night fellowship and Bible study. Glad to have you folks there in the chat room. We got started a little late, but it looks like folks got in there. I'm glad you made it. Appreciate you being there very much. Brother Dave, if you don't mind, open us in a word of prayer. And before you start, I wanted to let you know, brother, that Sister Lipsy got out of um, rehab today ahead of schedule like he was praying last night, and she's doing well at home. So I'll let you know that. Appreciate the prayers very much. You there, Brother Dave? Hello. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> well, what was going on? You you have me on mute again? <laughs> yeah, I had the mute on because there was some noise in the background. Oh, okay, okay, brother. But did you hear what I said about Sister Lizzie? Yes, yes okay. I did, and very, very thankful to hear that. Amen, brother. Answer the prayer. If you would, if you don't mind, open us in a word of prayer, and please remember Brother Brian's grandkids, okay? Yes, I will. Okay, brother, go right ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for this day. Lord Jesus, we come tonight, and we thank you for the fellowship that we can have with you. At all times, you never leave us nor forsake us, and you're always with us. And you go through a lot of grief because of us, and we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings and our weaknesses and just our crudeness at times, Lord, just the crude manner and the way we handle things. We pray for more grace and and more ability to represent you, not just in holiness, but, Lord, just in being able to extend grace and manners and a good character to those around us. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would continue to build our characters and reveal to us those things that you desire to do, Lord Jesus, that you would work a work within us and continue working through this book of Genesis and the New Testament in us tonight. Give us revelation of your word that brings about change. That not just We're not here, Lord, just to be amused or to discover wild and fantastic things that happened, you know, thousands of years ago, but we're here, Lord, to discover the truth and to be set free and not to be deceived and to know the nature of mankind and the nature of our enemies and Father so that we can overcome and we can glorify you through our overcoming because it will be your power and your nature and your blood and your word and the word of our testimony and all these things that you've done for us that help us to overcome and Lord you get all the honor and glory and the people they know, they look at us, these fools, and they see the overcoming. They know it has to be God. We're just a bunch of fools. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And tonight, Lord, we give you great, great thanks that you haven't forsaken us and that you're with us. And, Lord, tonight I lift up to you Brian and his grandchildren. Lord, I, I pray for his grandchildren that they would be safe in that place that's being overrun, Lord. And it's only for a season, and you're going to have vengeance, and your people are going to stand up. But, Lord, we pray for safety for his grandchildren and that they wouldn't be indoctrinated with all this nonsense, Lord, about race mixing and Muslims and all this Sharia law that's going on in schools forcing um, people to do children to learn 
Koran verses and to pray and all this nonsense, not pray to you, but pray to the so-called God Allah, who's nothing but the devil. Yes, and I curse the name of Allah in yes. the name of Jesus, yes. and he yes. shall bow in the name of Jesus. Yes. He shall bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, and I know who he is, and you're nothing but the devil, and I haven't got any time for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the absolute deliverance of your people over in England and Ireland and in North America, Lord, and in Australia and South Africa and wherever your people be, Lord that the Spirit of God would move upon us and that we would repent of our sins and come back to you and come back to reading your word and following your word and following the truth and not pursuing holidays, not pursuing money or cars or better homes or businesses. Not that these things don't have their place. They do. But to some people, that's all they do is pursue these things. Father, I pray that they, our people would be delivered of these things and pursue you hotly, Lord, in Jesus' name, and that you give them the victory over the enemies in the power of the heirs, the spiritual enemies, and the foot soldiers. In the name of Jesus, I pray. So be it. Amen. 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 God, we thank you for that answer. Prayer for Miss Lipsy. We thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm took her out of that rehab place and brought her back home. And I, I know all of her family is grateful and thankful, and so are we, Lord, that you answered prayer like you did. We give you thanks for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Yes. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, um, tonight we're going to be in start a new chapter in Genesis chapter 4. And um, there is a lot of ambiguity in Genesis chapter 4. But before we get started, I wanted to make a few comments that I didn't make in my gestalt way of teaching. There's so much that we've come through in the first three chapters that I did not comment on, okay? I commented on many, many times before having to do with the subjects, but that's the way gestalt teaching works. You talk about the whole thing in many different areas, and you wind up at the end being able to put the puzzle together. And I know it's, for some people, that's a hard way of learning, but that's just the way I teach. And I pray that the Lord would bless that way. I know um, my, one of my teachers, Dr. Gene Scott's, the way he taught, and it just so happened it clicked with me that I learned in, in the way he taught. And um, Dr. Ruttman taught entirely a different way. He was more of a topical teacher, which I'm not, or the Gestalt teacher. But anyway, I pray that the people would understand. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be the teacher, Father, and forgive us for any unforgiven sins that may be in our life, Father, and be with Brother Dave as he brings forth your word, giving power and the Holy Spirit, Father, as well. Always, Father, we give you all honor and glory for anything that you do in Jesus' name. pray that as well. But anyway, back to the start. You've heard me talk a lot about how this book's about a king, a kingdom, about his bride, and about the subjects of the kingdom. The root of this book is about authority. It always has been about authority. The whole book, the world system, is about who's going to run who, what's going to be what, who's going to be the big dog in the end. And anybody that steps back and looks at this book in a historical context, and looks at looks at world history, can see how true the Bible is. That's all. That's that's what it's all been about. 
is exactly what this book is about from cover to cover. But the very first theme, the very, very theme of the Word of God is authority. Who is going, who's it going to be? The God of this world or the almighty, unspeakable name of God the Father? That's what it's all about. And when he first created, you hear me talking a lot about the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of heaven, as we're in the book of Matthew, talking about I'm trying to get that point across, the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Well, back when the very, very, everything began, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and we went through the tohu bohu and the um, so-called gap theory, which I don't think it's a theory at all. I think it's an absolute fact. Would you agree with that, Brother Dave? Yes, and, I believe so. And the original earth was given to the anointed cherub. He was. He had the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven at specific times. And he lost it. And that's when the earth was recreated in six days, six mornings and evenings. It was recreated, and Adam was told what, Brother Dave? Take dominion. Yes. He was given kingship over this earth. He would have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven at the same time. He was clothed in light. He was made in the image of God. He was given the king. The, 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 the crowns were taken away from the God of this world, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, the adversary, and was given to Adam. Well, Adam messed up and lost the crowns back to the original one. That's called the God of this world today. As you follow the theme through the word of God, how the Lord works, how they rise and fall, and how the kingdom of heaven is a literal, physical, visible kingdom, folks, and the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. And like I've said, the only time that both are present is when the king of kings is present on this earth. That's when the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are here at the same time. Now, as we go on in Matthew, you're going to see some similarities between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, especially when we get into the parables. But I want to prepare you for that tonight by telling you that just because things are similar doesn't make them the same thing. Just because something's got four legs doesn't mean that if an animal's got four legs doesn't make it a, a horse if it's a cat. It may have four legs and four feet, but that don't make it. They're similar because they got four legs, but that doesn't make one the other. Same way with the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. We're going to see similarities when Christ is present of, of them overlapping one another, and I'll try to get into that more in detail. One of these nights, what I'm going to do, as I'm going to start in Genesis 1-1, I'm just going to take and give you the story of the whole word of God. From Genesis 1 and just a um, off-the-cuff, I think I've done it one other time before, but that's been years ago, and I think I'll do it again before too long. I'm just going to take one night and start at Genesis 1-1 and tell you the story of the Word of God, the whole story, the rise and fall of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven all the way through to the end, how the circle, how that wheel is just going to make a complete big circle. And I think you might enjoy it, and at least it will give you a grip of everything that I'm teaching the parts that I'm teaching and how they fit together. Like I said, I don't remember if you were with me when I did that before, Brother Dave. Or do you remember when I did that? Or 
did I? That is that just in my imagination, and I'm thinking that I did it before. I, I don't remember you ever doing it. Okay. I've listened to every program okay. before I came on board about three times. That's right. Okay. And I listened, you know, to ours several times as right. well, so I don't remember. Okay. Well, then I have it. I was just thinking I did it. So I will do that before too long. I may do it this coming Sunday night. Um, not sure. I'll let you know ahead of time. It'll, but it'll be listed as just the story of the Word of God from cover to cover. And I'll start at Genesis 1-1 and take it all the way through. But I wanted to let you know the first words spoken that are written, the first words spoken are in the Word of God are not in the beginning. You did know that, right? The first words spoken are not in the book of Job. The first words spoken in the Word of God is in Isaiah 14. It's when Lucifer said, I will ascend above the Most High. He wanted to take over. See, power corrupts. He had the crowns for the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God at the same time. He was given that by God when he was in his perfect state, but he wanted more. Hence comes the old saying, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's exactly what pushes him, is to take, but take not only over the world, but to take over God's throne as well. And that's, that's part of what the whole book's about, is that battle, that adversarial battle. But that's what happened. It, and, it, and it's a strange thing, Brother David. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but Adam lost the kingship in a garden. And it was also in a garden where a certain party made the decision that he would take it back. Yes. Both mm-hmm. took place in a garden. Yes. It's wild, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's the way the Lord works in idioms like that. The Lord Jesus Christ three times. The Lord Jesus did not want to become sin, folks. Some people have this glorified idea that it was some hotsy-totsy thing that he could just go and do and everything was lovely. You've never thought this thing through. You've never thought it through. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, which is one of the greatest passages in the Word of God, which shows you his nature. Three times he besought God the Father. If there's any other way, Father, let this cup pass. And that cup was your sin and my sin. It was every wicked thought that Don Spears ever thought, every wicked deed I ever did or imagined to do, every wicked thing Brother Dave ever thought about doing or ever did, everything you Every single one of you ever thought about doing or did. The wickedest things that's ever been done on this earth by anybody that you can point to, the most wicked dictator, the most deviant, Charles Manson, it doesn't matter, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, the wickedest things, cannibalism, demonology, the most wicked sin that's ever been committed to Lord Jesus Christ three times. Ask God the Father, if there's any other way, Lord, let this cup pass from me. And finally, when he said, not my will, but thine be done, and when he said, like I said last night on the cross, 
telestai, or it is finished. Folks, it was finished. Every sin that's ever been committed or ever will be committed, the penalty for that sin was taken away. See, Once you understand the difference between the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and the presence of sin, then you will understand what took place at the cross. See, when you're born again, the penalty of sin is taken away. When you receive the free gift, the penalty for sin is totally taken away. That's, that's sin's past, present, future. Once the Holy Spirit indwells you, that new creature, then you're given the power to make the choice to grow into the image of Christ, and the power of sin is loosened on you to where you have something to help you to walk in the Spirit. And at the very end, after the book of Revelation is completed in in, in chapter 22, even the presence of sin will be taken away. That's what took place at Calvary. He took care of all three things, the penalty, the power, and eventually the presence of sin will be wiped away once the adversary is thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever, it'll be over with. So you need to think about those things. You need to, you, When I say think about those things, I'm not talking about take a sip or two of coffee and cast a few thoughts that direction and, and get away from it. I mean you need to talk, get with the Lord and talk about it with him and get him to give you a little insight. It'll draw you closer to him. It'll make saying no to a lot of things a lot easier once you realize, once you get the full impact of what he did on Calvary. Once you get that, once you get the impact of, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thine. See, that's the question when you come to a crossroads that you have to ask yourself once that temptation comes individually for us. We have a choice. First Corinthians ten thirteen says there's no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. See? Those promises are there, folks. It's, we just we we fall in love with this dead corpse so much in this world system. It's we just don't want to make the choice. Or the choice we have to say, no, we don't want to take this the road the Lord gives us. See, we've grown so accustomed to doing what we like to do and what's pleasurable and comfortable to us. See, that's what weighs the heaviest. That's what tips the balances in our daily walk with our Savior. A lot of times that causes us to make the wrong choice. That's the very reason the last church ends in apostasy. Because of the degeneration of human nature. And that regeneration that took place in us when we were born again, that renewing of the Holy Spirit day by day, as the Apostle Paul says in Second Corinthians 4, that we have. That's what helps us. 
That's what helps those things be chipped away out of our lives, and or as Paul puts it, till Christ be formed in you. Amen, Brother Dave? Amen. That's the kind of things, like Brother Dave was praying, that's the kind of things that are important to, that you, to you as a child of the King, that you need to be, that's the kind of stuff that ought to um, weigh heavy, heavy over your head. A lot of this stuff we talk about, like I call it dancing with the devil, a lot of this, some of this what seems wild stuff, some of this deep meat, it's good to learn it. But still, the basic things, the basic things of saying no to self and yes to your brother, to crucify yourself, to say no to self and yes to others, or as Sister Maureen posted on her Facebook page the other day, and I made a comment underneath it. It had, the way to get joy is Jesus first, others next, and you last. See, that's cliche in the Christian circle, but it's so true. And I wrote under it that if everyone actually performed that in their life, that's born again, that is actually a child of the king, there is no government, there is no man, there is no enemy that could stop us as Christians. If each one of us performed that very simple thing every day that are actually children of the king, if we put Jesus first, others next, and ourselves last in everything we did, nothing could stop the movement. There'd be a revival that could not be stopped by government, principalities, and powers, or anything. That's the kind of battle that goes on on the other side of the veil to keep that from happening. That's the reason for the individual walk with Christ. That's the reason for the individual battles that you have, that you're warned about. And Paul talks about throughout his epistles, casting down those thoughts and imaginations. That whole, see, the whole concept, that's the Christian life. Reckon ye yourself dead to sin but alive unto Christ. Walk ye in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See? That's important stuff. Very important. Well, it, it is numero uno. If you love him. And if you don't love him, you're in a world hurt. And if you've lost a lot of the love for him, like I say over and over again, you get tired of hearing it. You better try and start getting back some of it and get back that first love. So, okay, I wanted to get that out of the way before we start here in Genesis 4. Here in Genesis 4, like I said, where it's a lot, there's a lot of ambiguity in this chapter. We, we're going to make a lot of assumptions. We, we're going to dance with the devil a little bit on some of this stuff. Okay? Like I said, then we're going to make assumptions or presume some things in it, which may be true or may not be true. But there's a lot here. So let's dive right into it, Brother Dave. Okay. Chapter 4, verse 1. Yes. And Adam knew his his wife, no, excuse me, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Sorry, Eve, deceived, he's deceived a second time. <laughs> yes. Deceived a second time. See, all this rigmarole about bad translated, everything to prove a point. All you have to do is just look at the deception 
that went on that her original sin was she was deceived. It tells you in the epistle she was deceived. Well, she was deceived again. Here's simple. No reason to change the book. All the rigmarole about, oh, she was wrong, a better translation. You don't have to do that. The rest of the book will cover itself. Just believe what you read. She just got deceived again because she had two children by two different individuals is what happened. And you know that by the wording that she only, that Adam knew his wife and she bare. There was no conception in between the bearing, is there, Brother Dave? No. There is there no isn't. conception. See, if you read it, it everywhere else in Scripture, there's always conception before the begetting. Well, here, there's no such animal. Amen, Dave? Amen. And uh, when it said that, when she said that she received him from the Lord, it doesn't mean, like a lot of people say, well, see there, there, she got it from God the Father. Mm-hmm. She got that from Yahweh or whatever, who, you know, God the Father. And, well, that's not the case. She was saying the Lord in the sense of a magnificent being, a a master, a a, t- a teacher or a master, a lord that she recognized as being a lord, Either not that or the she lord. Was finally deceived. One of the two. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and so it's deceived. not. It's not talking about God the Father there, right? No, it's not. Yes. No, and it's that's not. a common mistake that yes. people. And even if argue. it was, like I said, even if it was, First John clears it up by telling you that Cain was of that wicked one. See? Yes, absolutely. So the Word of God's got it covered. No need to change the book. Just read the book, and it'll give you the answers, folks. Simple. So I'm not going to spend no 30 minutes going into the Hebrew and different translations and all that stuff messing with this. This has been beatered and bannered about, and all this stuff when it comes to the two-seed line doctrine, that it's just not worth the time, okay? If that's what you want to do, and you want to try to mess up God, mess up God's Word the way it's written here, that's given you so many revelations, go right ahead on your own time. We're not going to do it here. We're not going to do it here. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Okay. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And there, there see, there is no conception between the bearing. They're twins. And right. we know that anybody can look it up. Polygony is something that happens today where two children, twins, are conceived by two different parents. Amen, Brother Dave? You've stated yes. it out yourself. Yeah, it's called super fecundation. Oh, that's, that's another word for it. Okay. What yeah. did you say it was again? What it is is when a woman in one menstrual cycle has copulation with two different men. But two eggs are produced during that one cycle. Right. So it could be, you know, 24 hours apart. It could be two hours apart, whatever. But there's two eggs there. But so they're not paternal twins, but they are twins, but they're separate eggs. Yes. Yes. Separate eggs and separate fathers. Absolutely. See, the book tells you they're two different fathers. Cain's genealogy doesn't run on through the Word of God. It's not mentioned in the genealogy genealogy of Christ. All this other evidence points to the correct answer, see. 
You can't like you can't take one thing and make the whole word of God teach it when the whole word of God's against it. But see, here when we take this one thing, the whole word of God bears it out. It doesn't deny what we're saying. It bears it out. Like I said, all the way in to, into the to, to the epistles of John. When it talks about Cain being of that wicked one, where Paul talks about the connotation of sexual activity in in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. I mean, just on and on and on throughout the Word of God, the parable of the wheat and tares, like that guest was wanting me to read the other night. Now you can yank something out of there and add it in here if you want to, but it's a stretch. That's the reason I didn't go to it the other night. But the rest of the Word of God backs up what we're saying. We're not taking anything out of context and trying to build a doctrine on one verse of Scripture. Okay? Simple. We went through the seed business earlier in chapter 3, talked about the punishment had sexual connotations, the curse that was put on the woman has to do with sexual connotations. So if if you got four or five things that lean toward a sexual activity, Sam, we're using that word sexual. I mean, it, it, folks, the whole the world system has us all be fuddled with words. When we go, when we when we lean, when you got five things that go with this illicit type of fornication, then probably that's what happened. <laughs> Amen, Dave. <laughs> What's that? I said, if everything leans towards something and it's balanced all the way over one way, you got all yes. this stuff that leans toward this it's this illicit sexual thing. It's yes. probably the illicit sexual thing, okay? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> to say it's not is jumping to a conclusion that the rest of the Word of God does not bear out, folks. Like I said. So let's let's continue on and let's see about these twins here and see what 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 takes place and the word of god also says just to put a cherry on top that you shall know them by their fruit man brother so the fruit of cain's life became evident that adam wasn't his father right off the bat we're going to see right it. off yeah and he's not and we'll hit this later on but there's nowhere he's mentioned in the genealogy of adam that's right. That's the point I made a while ago when I was talking about him not being in a genealogy. Yes. That goes to show you something's wrong with him there. I listened to this uh, Bible expositor the other day that just went through this like whew, just like wind blowing, saying there's nothing here to show that there's any character difference other than just sin between these two. What a ludicrous, and this guy's supposed to be smart, okay? And you know he's dodging. You know he's dodging what's staring him in the face. That's why they'll dodge it, folks. They didn't stop and deal with it. Deals with a lot of stuff, but this is one thing he will not touch. He will not touch. Because why? He's Judeo-Christian, and it indicates that there's somebody that the Lord ain't got no use for. Amen, Brother Dave. Amen. Uh, and there is a, an awful lot of ignorance, and I say that in kindness, sure, uh, among Christians in regard to these matters that we're talking about, like superfecundation and there being beasts 
that are in heaven and angels that can take off their architerion and right. that they're just like people and they have when they take it off they have blood flowing through their body and that right. there's these beasts that exist and they fell and this spiritual world that's behind us and they can appear in our realm there is a lot of ignorance and even in the matters of dna and all this there's so much ignorance i remember a while ago a good brother and i just say this because it's common and he knows the word of god pretty good but when it comes to certain things he just refuses to see them like you're saying refuse it refuse it he actually believes that a white woman and he's seen this on the internet a white woman gave birth to a black baby and they were twins one was black one was white see there dave a white baby can a white woman can have two (laughs) yeah there's no kidding Really? Yeah, he <laughs> just thought that we was... don't all with you. We haven't been trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a clue. There could have been two fathers involved. No, no, he just denied that. See, that's like why Eve could be the mother of all races of men and all. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I know. It's it's amazing. They, they believe this stuff. So you know, it's a core. Uh, that that's the way it will remain. It'll always be those that are blind. There will always there will always be those. I had a, a wife, bless her heart, did that she she's a strong Christian. I'm the one that led her to Christ, baptized her, the whole works. I mean, she loves the Lord. But when it comes to stuff that's just not black and white and practical and pragmatic, she absolutely refused. She'll she'll stop up her she'll put her hands over her ears. She don't hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen other people like that as well. And I don't understand that. My daughter says it's got something to do with specific types of personalities and something. Maybe something to that, I don't know. But I'm I'm more inclined to believe that the Lord just has, there's certain people the Lord has to deal with this stuff, and some people will never deal with it. I'm more inclined to believe that. It's got to do with the gifts and callings of God. Yes, yes. Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you, lean more that direction brother yourself yeah i I think it's more it's definitely a gift that god gives you to see these things and to even be interested in them. right i agree the way he made you and you know but i think it's also a point of submission Mm -hmm. like being submitted to the word of god Oh, absolutely that's what i preach all i say all the time bowing the knee to the word and i'm not saying your ex isn't Submitted, but I mean to the point where God, I know I'm stupid and ignorant. Like, there's a lot I don't understand, and Here, brother, it would be a lot well. easier. Yeah, if we just open up to the Word. That's right. And are willing to receive and and to receive it even from people that we don't have a lot of respect for. Maybe. Amen. Now, then, on the flip side of that, folks, let me say, let me, let me qualify what we just got through talking about. On the flip side of that. You need to stay away, and I'm giving you some healthy advice here that I think has a little wisdom behind it, being saved for 44 years, all right? And that is if you run across somebody that's all they talk about and all they deal with is some something deep and shady, and that's all they talk about all the time, best thing you can do is walk away. Best yes. thing you can do is get away from them. Okay. Yes. Now that's just a word of advice because I fell into that trap 
a long, long time ago, and the Lord quit. He quit revealing. I've, I've told you. I've testified to it many times. That's the wrong thing to do, folks. I'm telling you, you get hung up with somebody like that, and you'll be useless for the Lord in the practical things that help you in your growth and bring and help you in your rewards and help you in your personal quote unquote righteousness. Your garments. It talks about the personal righteousness part. Your undergarment so to speak, your underwear that can leave you naked at the judgment seat of Christ, that will leave you naked as a jaybird if all you want to spend time in is the book of Adam and Eve and the cave of treasures and all that stuff. Hey, I'll touch it a little bit. Go on. There's more to this book than the weird tick ear tickling stuff. As Paul warns you about that ear tickling stuff, in Second Timothy chapter three, Amen, brother Dave. Amen. All right, brother. Let's continue on. Well, I, I have to give you this example because I this is very practical, but on a higher level. Sure. It's super practical. What I'm about to say here. I just found it out today. I was looking at some churches in Guelph, looking for a place where younger people, you know, churches that had good. Uh, youth groups or something, you know, I got two here and I want them to associate with Christians more than just other people, you know. Right. So I was checking out and I came across this one church that I'd heard about called The River. Okay. So I went to their website and started to check it out. And lo and behold, this church started back in 2006 from a white church and a black church they even said that right there a black church and a white church and they came together and became one church so oh i thought oh my gosh uh so i went in and started looking at contacts and about the church and they had like pictures of different uh community things they did together with their you know like dinners and park events uh mm-hmm worship festivals and stuff all together and I started looking at their pictures and lo and behold here they are married to one another producing little bastards yep yeah absolutely that's just so on a practicality level we just raised the bar that's right this pastor is so dumb so ignorant here he is causing his sheep to fornicate that's right in the presence of God and thinking it's all right and they're blessed for it haven't we done many mighty wonderful works in thy name, Lord? Haven't we cast out devils and done many marvelous works? Depart from me. I never knew you. One of the one of the scariest verses in the Word of God. I've told you that over and over again. Yes, yes. These that folks is. had all these works. Now, haven't we cast out devils? Hadn't we done all these mighty wonderful things in thy name? depart from you. I never knew you. I never knew you. Keep that stuff in mind, folks. Continue on, Brother Dave. Yes. Good point. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was wroth 
and his countenance fell. Okay, let's let's dissect this just a little bit. And in the process of time, so we know there's some time that passed. Okay, in time past, before the birth of Cain and Abel, we saw the Lord make sacrifice of animals to cover Adam and Eve. And I'm sure in this process of time that the, that Adam and Eve understood this act of sacrifice, okay, in this process of time. And I'm sure as Cain and Abel were growing up, they heard about, of course they heard about how God made a covering of skin and the sacrificial atonement of skin. Some, uh, something had to die to cover their nakedness. I'm sure the Lord, this, the, the, the Bible doesn't say this, but it, the implications are staring you in the face. That, of course, Cain and Abel knew the right sacrifices to bring. Okay? That seems to me to be self-evident. I'm going to presume that, Okay? that they knew this, and I'm going to presume it because of what's fixing to be said. All right? Cain brought something from the ground. Well, didn't the Lord curse the ground, Brother David? Yes, he did. Part of the curse, see? Right there. Part of the curse. Cursed is the ground. So his ground, number one, his fruit of the ground was something, something that was cursed already. All right? And it says that the Lord had respect to Abel's sacrifice. Notice, read that again, what Abel brought, brother. Let me show you a word that sticks out. Okay. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Okay, he brought the firstlings. The very best and the fat. Now, later on in Leviticus, you find out about this fat. This burnt offering, this fat has to do with the burnt offering. And we'll speculate a little bit and say that we saw with Elijah's offering and with many offerings, a lot of times with Manoah and his wife's offering, how the Lord sent fire down from heaven to consume the offerings. Remember that, Brother Dave, in all yes. those places, how the Lord sent fire down himself? Well, it doesn't seem like there any fire came down on Cain's offering because the Lord did not have respect to his offering. Right. Read, verse, read verse 2 and 3 again and continue on. Okay, 2 and 3. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Also remember that Cain was the firstborn. There was deference made to the firstborn. And here we start a trend that's going, I'll make mention of it in just a few minutes, that's going to start in the Word of God, and it carries all the way through. I'll mention it in just a few minutes. But Cain had deference because he was the firstborn. He was the oldest as far as that goes. Keep that in mind. 
also. Continue on, Brother Dave. Uh, verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Okay. The Lord didn't have respect, and Cain, what's the first thing he does? He gets mad, and his countenance fell. It's not like his daddy when he got caught holding the bag or when he, you know, when he made his, when he fell and sinned, he automatically owned up to it. And was ashamed. That's right. And ashamed of what he did. Not so with Cain. His, his, his countenance didn't fall because it was, because he was ashamed. His countenance fell because he was ticked. He was mad. He was robbed, old English, for being mad. Okay? That was that was his initial reaction. Yes, we know the Lord looks at the heart. Don't give me all the spiritual stuff. We're dealing with the practicality of what's written in black and white here to start with, okay? But he had respect to Abel's. Now, remember also about up there that process of time. And like I said, you know that they heard the story of what the Lord did for their mama and daddy in this process of time and I'm sure that um, if Cain would have he knew that it took some death so that, that death and blood was involved with some with forgiveness I'm sure he had that concept in mind because in this process of time it just seems normal that it would be talked about around the fire whatever in the house whatever it was of this great thing that God did for his mom and daddy. Well, it looks like that Cain had a little pride involved here. Well, of course he did, because he got mad and got wrong. Now, I'm sure as they were out in the fields and Cain was, you know, dressing his rutabaga turnips and growing his steak and his tomatoes and making sure that his onions had dirt piled up around his onions and, and hoeing his potatoes, and he saw... Abel over the one side in the pasture, and it was getting time for this offering. I'm sure that if Cain would have asked Abel, Abel would have probably given him giving him uh, a sheep. And Cain kept looking over there and said, "Yeah, that self-righteous sucker, second-born. He's over there singing them songs to the Lord all the time, and Cain be over there hoeing and sweating, and Abel would just be kicked back watching the sheep singing." Singing to the Lord. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart. I shut up, you self-righteous son of gun. I could just see something like that taking place. There was jealousy involved as well. Now, I'm assuming that, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, and I'm not adding to the Word of God. I'm ad-libbing, Okay? Where did you get all that at? Well, look what happens. Can't you imagine something like that taking place? I know the book doesn't say it, but like I said, a man's living. That would what be that's exactly the way it'd be. One would be sweating and owing and tilling the ground while the other one's kicked back herding sheep. Taking care of sheep. Chilled out. Maybe he got a fishing pole, you know, in the stream. While he's over there sweating. Taking care of making sure that the horn that the corns hold out. 
and that nut grass just keeps coming back, and he's getting aggravated. I'm sure that what he brought to the Lord was the best tomatoes probably weighed four pounds apiece. Probably had some big old white onions, probably some Vidalia's from Georgia. The best of the bunch. But the Lord did not have respect to Cain's offering, but he did unto Abel's. Because the problem's deeper than his skin. Like Brother Dave said, it's inside. The problem was in the heart to begin with. And it goes all the way back to who his daddy is. And a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that when it talks about in the New Testament he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, it's talking about Cain. The first murderer is not Cain, folks. The first murder is the Nakash. In the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. He's the one that talked them into suicide, spiritually speaking. That's the first murder. But you never thought about that. Or you wondered why it said that in the New Testament. Because it didn't fit, see. Didn't think hard enough. Continue reading, Brother Dave. To see and how this just story one goes. point. Sure. Yeah, one point about how we know, like you were saying, that they were told that story about they had to sacrifice animals, there had to be blood mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. How we know that also is that at this time they did not eat meat. Right. And right, and so not Abel, red meat anyway. Yeah, from what I can see, all the herbs of the field and the fruits of the trees is what they ate. But after Noah's flood, then they were given permission to eat meat. Red meat, yeah. Uh, The reason I keep saying that is because the Lord in his glorified body ate fish, okay? Yeah, fish, okay, yeah, okay, I I, I mean meat, yeah. Sure, I know what you're saying. I just wanted to bring up that little point. But yeah, that's good, brother, amen. And they brought the fat thereof, so he had... These were uh, animals that he had slaughtered, so he wasn't slaughtering them to eat them. Right. He was slaughtering them because of what his dad told them to do. Amen, brother. Like I said, that in that process of time, that story got told over and over Man. and over again. You can bet your bottom dollar that it got told over and over again. Can you what to do? To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it's what, brother Dave? Sin. Amen. <laughs> Ain't nothing you on the sun, folks. He knew to do right, and the Lord's fixing to tell him that out of, out of the Lord's own mouth. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou dost well, shalt thou not be accepted? Stay there. And it See there, damn it, know what to do good and do it not. See, go ahead, brother. And if thou dost not dwell, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Wow. What does that mean? Hmm? Brother Dave, what does that mean, I wonder? Huh? <laughs> I'm asking The devil ro- ro- roams around like a roaring lion, seeing... 
who you know, seeking whom he may desire. Sin is crouched at the door. Mm-hmm. It's going to yeah. devour you, but you have to rule over it. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, sure is. But it's kind of like um, there's more there. I don't know what it is. I, yes. I, I, there's something more there I don't understand. I, you know, I figure maybe the Lord gave you a little extra light on it. But, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. But there seems like there's a little bit more there to it. Oh, yes, I can see there would be. Continue on. I agree. Verse 8, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Ah, see now then, when I was ad-libbing a while ago, not so far-fetched, is it? And Cain talked with Abel. You think you're hot stuff, don't you? Baby boy. Mama's baby. You think you... You think you're hot stuff, don't you? You think because that fire come down from heaven, that makes you better than me, right? Can't you just hear this conversation taking place? Do you ever think about stuff like that? Does the Bible become alive to you? It is the living word, you know. But Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass. When they were in the field, the king rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. The murderer got got so hot he couldn't control that sin that he was supposed to rule over, like Brother Dave said in the verse above. He'd already knew to do good and didn't do it. The sin was there. Hey, and Abel was a sinner too. But Abel knew the story of God providing the covering for the sin. And he took God's way, where Cain chose to take his own way. And here you have the age-old thing that takes place that I mentioned the other night when we were talking about the fig leaf and works salvation. That innate old nature in man thinking that he can add a little bit to God. Help God out a little bit, you know. He thinks he can do enough good works to outweigh his bad works, maybe get him through, see. Think about if you, Dr. Rubman gave this illustration one time, and I thought it was pretty good. I wonder if you spent 15 years building a perfect piano. I mean, that sucker was tuned perfectly had the most beautiful wood imported. You had it varnished and shined up and everything, and you had had it in your garage working on it. And you had a bunch of people come one day, and you rolled out that piano, and then somebody come over there and took a hammer and tapped on the legs, and another guy took a chisel and started chiseling on it. And you done spent 15 years, it was perfect. There was nothing could be added. It was you had done everything by the book to the T. How would you feel if somebody come and took a chisel to it? How would you feel if somebody come and added a few nails to it? And it was perfect. And you had spent all that time making sure it was perfect. Well, there's no different in that lacking illustration. 
then there is the perfect Lamb of God to take it away the sin of the world and you trying to add to the free gift. Eli James, you better think about it, big boy, as you run around trying to add works to salvation. You know, it used to be one time in this country that a man tried to find a church to go to and he'd go to a Baptist church and when he left, his britches would be on fire. Hell would be preached so hot. So he'd, he'd go on down the road next Sunday to the Methodist church and they'd tell him about salvation. They'd preach hell and he'd, he'd, oh, they're preaching a, a little bit lighter, but they'd, even, they'd tell you if you got saved, you could lose it. That you had to add a little works on to it. And he got out of there, and he next week he'd going down to the Presbyterian Church. And down there they'd tell him, well, he was chosen from the foundation of the world and reprobated to hell when he was either going or he wouldn't, wouldn't nothing he could do about it. I mean, you talking about a mess. Years and years ago, a sinner didn't have a snowball chance in hell. He was going to get the truth from somebody. It ain't that way no more. Everybody runs to have their ears tickled and placated and massaged. And oh, they'll give that money and think they're doing a big deal to be massaged in your gentle, kind words. Not plain, straight talk so where they couldn't miss it with a missing machine. No, they like a little ambiguity to the message, see? To where it gives them an out. God help me and God curse the day that I would ever be like that, that I would ever compromise the Word of God to placate somebody for any reason, for any reason, friend or foe, money or no. I'm called to preach the Word, and God giving me grace and mercy, I'm called to preach the whole counsel of God. That's what I'm going to do as long as I'm in my right mind. Of course, some of y'all may debate that, thinking you have crazy anyway, which is fine. I'm just saying, folks, you better thank God that there's somebody that'll tell you the truth. Come hell or high water. Come persecution or no. You better thank God. Because they're getting to be fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer of us as the days go by and as the last days roll in on us like a mighty rushing wind, like a rolling, rolling wave comes in crashing. As the days pass and the time of Jacob's trouble goes nigh, each day that passes, we're just one day closer to that period of time. Who knows? We may even be in parse part. It may be starting right now. Who knows? Like I, most of prophecy is hindsight anyway. You better be glad somebody else preached the hell out of you. You better be glad somebody will tell you you ain't worth a powder and shot, take you, blow you to the moon. And let you understand how rotten you are outside the gift and grace, the gift of salvation and the grace of God, outside of Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the only thing that's any good in you. 
is that reborn inner man. Can I get an amen, Brother Dave? Amen, amen, amen. Folks, you better think about that stuff. That's the kind of stuff that will stack up at the end. Not fallen angels and, and people from other dimensions and some of the stuff we talk about here. This stuff I'm talking about now is the stuff that matters. Show mattered with Cain and Abel. Continue on, Brother Dave. Yeah, and we we see right there the seed line, two seed line war, the enmity. That's it. There it is revealed. Right there, the war has begun. In case of war, like Doc used to say, the war will be held in, in case of rain, the war will be held in the auditorium. Christ said in red letters, there will be wars and rumors of wars. As much as we can't stand the thoughts of it, folks, there's one right around the corner. And there will continue to be, no matter however long the Lord tarries, there will continue to be wars and rumors of wars. See, it's impossible, folks. Offenses are going to come. Just don't be a part of it yourself. And this war begins for that authority. And it starts off right here. First casualty. No, well, the first casualty was the spiritual death of Adam and Eve. But here comes a casualty in the physical right here with Abel. And Abel's still talking to us today as we find out. As we're fixing to find out. Continue on, brother. Yes, verse 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And there, the proverbial age old question. Are you your brother's keeper? Hmm? Are you? Remember what the second great commandment is? <laughs> Cain knew to do right. He just didn't do it. Am I my brother's keeper? Absolutely you are. Absolutely you are. Continue, brother. Verse 10. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. There you go. That blood. And though they something here, I can't, I don't understand it all, but I know this. This is not metaphorical, folks. I can't, I don't understand it all. I know the life of the flesh is in the blood. I know that there had to be blood for a child to be born when it came, like Brother Dave was talking about, the fallen angels. There's more to the blood than you could possibly know in your human mind in the state it's in today. And they not a scientist in the world understands everything about that blood, that red stuff flowing in your veins like it does. Of really all the esoteric meanings, all the actualities of it, the vibrations of it, I could go off into that, but I'm not. There's something there. There's a voice there, actual voice there. Remember the Lord said in what they, oh, and hallelujah, that if nobody praised him, the rocks would cry out. Well, the Abel's blood cries from the ground. You say, why did the Lord why, why did he make such a difference? Why didn't he stop and give Cain a chance? Because Cain knew the truth and did not do it. 
How do you know this, Brother Don? Well, we know it by assumption and implication by reading the verses here. But real quick, Brother Dave, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Okay. I think it was verse 15. Just start reading about verse 10 and we'll see if we can catch it pretty quick. I think it's around verse 15. I'm not sure. See about Abel, what it says about Abel, why Abel was received and Cain wasn't. See, the the Word of God's got the answer, folks. Okay. I'll start at verse 11 here. Okay, go right ahead. Hebrews 11, 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. We might have to go further back up where it talks about, or maybe it's a little later. Isn't it? Is it verse 15, or is it earlier, brother? Um, where it talks about just able, righteous able. Right. I think it's earlier. Okay, let's try it earlier. Let's see here. Oh, here, yeah, verse 4. Okay. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. He's even speaking today, folks. Here it says, God said his blood cried from the ground. He's even speaking when Paul writes Hebrews. Oh, that's a metaphor, allegorically meaning blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you folks, that's literal. I don't understand it all, but I, I have studied enough of the esoteric stuff concerning the blood to know that it's true. You remember those souls in the book of Revelation that cry from under the altar? Saying, yes. how long, O Lord, will thou not avenge our death? Yes. Folks, I'm telling you, there's something in his blood. There's something about the, the vibrations in that blood. There's no telling at the sound coming to the ears of the Lord from all the innocent blood that's been shed. Think about the aborted babies like Brother Dave was talking about last night. Think about that innocent blood that shed. Folks, you just think, the Lord is, our God is an awesome God. His mercy is something that is unfathomable to our human mind to even think of having mercy on a wicked people like us. Just think about it. Dwell on that stuff. You want a better walk with the Lord? Like I was talking about earlier, dwell on stuff that matters. Dwell on stuff that will put you in the position to where you grasp or get a... Say, Lord, I want to understand more 
about this. I want to understand those those three times in the garden. I want to understand why you sweat great drops. Of, you better be careful. But ask him. You want a closer walk with him? Say, I want to understand why he sweat great drops of blood. And three times ask you if it be possible. Take this cup away. Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Think about those drops of blood whenever you're making up your mind to feed that in excess, that flesh in excess with some habit or something that you know that borderlines on not right or, or sin. Let's just call it for what it is. Think about that. Think about to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him and his sin. Think what about all that entails. See, by what judgment you throw that judgment out, you're going to be judged yourself, folks. By thy words thou shalt be justified. By thy words thou shalt be condemned. Not me. I didn't say that. The Lord said it. Be slow to throw out that judgment about how somebody else loves money when you're too stinking stingy worse than a Jew yourself. Hmm? From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I'll make no apologies for it. By their fruits you shall know them. I don't know what you're talking about because the same judgment will be heaped on you that you cast out on others. So Cain's blood, even in Paul's day, is still crying from the ground. Why did he accept it? By faith, Abel knew and believed that if he did it for mom and daddy, he'll cover me as well. So it was by faith. Back to Genesis, Brother Dave. Yes, verse 11. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Wow, man. Hey, that, the earth opened its mouth to receive thy brother's blood. Now we're going to get into some stuff here that I just, I, I, I really don't know. I, 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 there's so many different ways you can go with little with literal interpretation. These one little words can mean so much, like the difference between in and on. Continue reading, Brother Dave, and I'll bring about what yeah. I'm to say. Can I ask one question? You can ask anything you want to. Okay. Um, thou cursed from the earth. Cursed from the, the base earth. of the earth. Yeah. Well, it says cursed from the earth. What... I'm not entirely sure what that means. Well, it's a little bit, um, just a minute, it's speaking, say, the face of the earth. Okay. A little bit lighter. Yeah, so the, it's cursed um, from the earth, like the earth is cursing him because it received the blood, or? I'm not sure, brother. That's the reason I said these little words that's coming up yeah. here can have so many, you don't know which direction to go. Right. Yeah. 
you can go one or two or three different directions here, as we're going to see. Okay. He's cursed from the earth. What does that mean? That he's no longer allowed to be on the earth? Because mm-hmm. Continue reading. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Verse 12. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. In the earth. There's that word in. All the other Bibles have on. Hmm. It says in here. Okay, here's something. This is a way you'll know who Cain's kids are. They get, they're not farmers. The, the ground will not yield fruit to them. I didn't say there wasn't an exception. Remember that rule of exception. The exception proves the rule. It doesn't overthrow the rule. What people is it that you don't see them flourishing as farmers and in the farming industry? What race is it? Mm-hmm. The Jews. <laughs> How many Jews you know has got a big old garden and it just does wonderful? I've never met one. I used to have a Jew live with me that couldn't that couldn't grow a weed. I've told y'all about that numerous times. Back when I was in the Judeo-Christian lot that believed everything I'd done for this sucker, I was going to get rewarded for it. And I was sold out, folks. I believed, okay? I I, 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 I practiced what I preached, okay? <laughs> More than say for some folks. But what race is it? What is this mark he's fixing to put? Continue reading, Brother Dave. We'll get to Yeah, more. you know, over in Palestine, like in Israel, you know, it's uh, people say how Israel is blooming in the like desert. like a rose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and those Jews are so blessed of God. They're such great growers and all that. <laughs> That's BS, man. <laughs> they open the border every day, and in comes streaming these Palestinian guys. That's who right. farm most of the stuff for them, and That's they go exactly back right. at night. A lot of them, some stay, but they yeah. open the border every day for they them. They sure do. They're, they're so-called migrant workers, whatever. Yes. I'm telling you, folks, they might find you might find one that professes Christ, but that's a farmer. I'm not saying, hey, listen, I'm just telling you, the Lord made a way for cat. Did you notice? I didn't even expound on that. But the Lord even made a way for Cain. Don't, do you remember what the Lord said? If you do right, he gave him the opportunity. He said, if you do right, or if you don't. With the implication there that Cain could do right. Isn't that what it said, Brother Dave? You want to go back and yes. read it? Yes, go back he and said read he it. could rule over it. That's right. Go back and read it again. Yeah, okay. Okay. But uh, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. 
The Lord does not say there's nothing you can do, you sap sucker. You're going to do you're going to do evil no matter how hard you try. It, that doesn't say that, does it, brother? No, it doesn't say it that way. It sure does. I don't care how you interpret the Hebrew. Go check it out. I have. You can't make it say anything other than what it said. You can't make it put forth the thought that the opportunity is there. Okay? I just that that's the law of first mention having to do with this cane. Okay? Just wanted you to know that because of what we teach. Just wanted you to know that. The, the, just think about what I just said. All right? Okay, Brother Dave, continue on. Yeah, you know, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. A good little point here to, to know who we're talking about is if you look at the Jews, uh, it says in the scriptures that Israel will become many nations. And we look at the Caucasian race and how they've become great nations all over the world. And what happens to these great nations? Here comes these little vagabonds. Vagabonds, that's right, yeah. brother. Every, they never became any great nation. And Israel have. wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the American taxpayer. Amen. And like I told you all the other night, I heard one trying to say that that prophecy of possessing the gates of their enemies was them owning the banks. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I heard one trying to use that verse of Scripture to, to justify their self, saying that was a fulfillment of prophecy because they were they owned Hollywood in the banks. They were possessing oh, wow. the gates of their enemies. you talking about twisting Scripture for a wicked snake sap sucker. That's what they were doing. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Craziest yeah. stuff I ever heard Didn't. in my life. Because mm-hmm. undoubtedly somebody had brought it to brought the 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 truth to bear that where's all the nations, where's all the blessings, okay? Yes. So they have to look and try to dig up something and twist the scriptures to go along. But they and did come. they bless the whole world like you you were saying the blessings? They, they, um the Lord said that these nations, blessed them as that many as curses them that curse thee. <laughs> And they would be as many as the stars of heaven, and the whole world would be blessed because of them. Yep. Never and, well, the Jews haven't blessed the whole world at all. They're all constantly causing heartache for everyone. Everywhere they've ever been, it's been nothing but trouble. Man, Martin Luther couldn't stand them. Yeah, and they've never had a nation. Never. Never had a country they built up from their own hard work and sweat and not received anything from anyone and became a great nation, not even one. And the ones that are there in Israel now are not even who they claim they are. <laughs> yes. yes. Not even who and, they claim they are. And uh, some of their best workers are white Russians who think they're some kind of Jews. They're Messianic Jews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks, there may be some Judites over there. I'm not yes. saying there's not. I think some of these white Russian guys that came in because they were told that, oh, a long, long time ago we were Jews. Well, they were. They were Judites. Mm-hmm. They got all confused thinking because they're Judites, they're Jews. Right. I've been through that same thing so many times, folks. I'm not going over it again tonight. We'll get to it eventually yeah. again about where the Jew, the word Jew first came up and how it got started to Jew. But that's totally separate. Even where it first occurs, it ain't got nothing. It's, they're fighting Israel. They're fighting Israelites. 
and it got connected with Judah there, and it stays connected through the rest of the Word of God. That's what makes them excellent counterfeiters. That's what makes them good hypocrites, and that's what makes them good actors. They got connected back then, and it's been that way ever since the interconnection. Okay? And that's what had, that's what makes so many people stumble. Hey, the Presbyterians got it right. They just got screwed up on who the Israel of God was. They realized that that bunch of folks that claimed that they were God's chosen people weren't. The yeah. original Presbyterians, John, John Calvin, they understood that. Martin Luther understood it too. Yes, he wrote a book about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The early Protestants, they, and it, where I'm from, I'm not a Protestant, folks, okay? Don't get me wrong. I don't claim to be. I'm not a Protestant. I don't come from any Protestant background. I'm at a Baptist, Baptist policy, and that's my bunch, okay? I'm not Methodist or, or none of that stuff that, that protested the, the mother whore and came out of it. That's Presbyterian and Methodism and Episcopalianism and stuff like that, okay? That's, pro, that's, that's true Protestants. The, the stuff I believe, the basic tenets of what I believe has been believed for 2,000 years. By my bunch, by Irenaeus, by Polycarp, Justin Martyr, that, that bunch, okay? Tatian, all the way down. That's my bunch. They, we, I teach the basic tenets of what they believed. Still believe it today. All the way down through the martyrs. Never hooked up with the whore, okay? Period. But anyway. Like I said, Martin Luther, John Gallon, they knew about these sap-sucking Jews. And then we're fixing to find out of Mark. Go ahead, Brother Brother Davis. Verse, about this yeah. Verse 13, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth. See there, there from the, yeah, Face of the earth. From the face of the earth. I've heard people even say they sent this sucker to Mars, okay? <laughs> I remember listening to somebody that had this doctrine. They just trying to make them be, took them to Mars. Oh, this crazy, so much stuff, okay? But it does say driven from the face of the earth. Maybe he's in the earth. That's what one brother believes. Hmm. Um, brother Jim Williamson, that's what he teaches. He teaches that Cain was driven into the hollow part of the earth. He sure does. Wow. I mean, it's interesting for the stuff that he says. He talks too fast for me, but um, he's got some good stuff. He's he's still uh he still believes the Nazis were cruel. He believes in the the hollow hoax junk. He still believes in all that. But he's got a little good stuff. His name's Jim Williamson. If any of y'all want to check out some of his stuff, but uh, yeah, he teaches that Cain went in was cursed from the face. That's well, that's what it says. Yes, it does. That would be the exterior of the plane. Most of us just think, well, from the face of, you know, the earth of the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. But it Boy. does say that. Can yes, be everything. Does. That's right. I, yeah, that's exactly what it says. And, hey, like I said the other night, I believe, I definitely believe in a hollow part of the earth. I definitely yes. believe that it, it, it's hollow. Okay? Yeah, the Bible says it. Yeah, I believe. Yes, it does. I have no doubt. There's too many... Too many indications of people under there, okay? Too many times it says that there's live people under there. All right? 
for me to disregard it, okay? It ain't, it ain't allegory. It ain't allegory. How could somebody under the earth bow a knee if it's allegory, huh? How could one part of the sentence be allegory and the next part of the sentence be literal, Brother Dave? It don't work. Yes. It don't yes. work that way. Right. Okay, continue on, Brother. We'll leave this alone since we yeah. can't expound on it no more than we already have, or I can anyway. And from thy faith, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Man, have I ever heard the theories on this one. The old Southerners taught that Cain was a, was a nigger, okay? And they said the curse was black. That's what the old Southerners taught. And they still do in some parts of East Tennessee, all right? They still teach that. Some of the, um, the quote-unquote CI Anglo Israel teach that the um, that these Canaanites from C A I N, not Ham Cain, they teach that uh, the mark of Cain was black. That they do teach it, and like I said, a lot of the old I've heard some of the old time Southern preachers, Primitive Baptists, especially, some of them teach this. But it says that the, the Lord says He's going to put a mark on, keep them from getting killed. I do know that there's a verse in Isaiah that says, Thou shalt be known by the, something to, uh, the, that's on the countenance of thy face, talking about the Jews. Yes. By their nose, that hook nose. And there's a, you do know that there's a lot of them have plastic surgery to do away with that. Yes, especially so, the actors and actresses. Right. And if that's in the first parts of Isaiah, the first six chapters, I forget exactly where it's at. But there is a verse that implies that these these Jews will be known by something that's in the middle of their face. That couldn't be anything else but their nose. Saying, okay, that's that's I've heard Bertrand Comperay taught that. Okay, anybody that's ever listened to Bertrand Comperay, he he taught that that this mark was um, their nose. So. I don't, what is this, Mark? I don't know. I don't think you do either. <laughs> For sure. How about you, Brother Dave? What do you think? No, I, you know, I've, the countenance of the faith seems to come up in different passages throughout Scripture, like you were saying in Isaiah and there's other ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is a good guess, and we're just guessing. Yeah. But the thing that, I wonder about is that that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's going to want to kill you. I know that's I mean, weird. Why? <laughs> well, there's got to be something weird about you that everyone's either so afraid of you they want to kill you, or that you, they find you so appalling they want to kill you. Or well, I, according to the context, it. it would be since he was a murderer. And the number of people that were on the earth at this point of time, everybody would know about the story of how he how he killed his own brother for actually no for no reason at all. You know, it would be like revenge type thing. But that, folks, the, remember the people, that capital punishment has not been instituted yet. Yeah. Okay? 
Mm-hmm. It has not been instituted yet. It does not get instituted till after the flood. And when we get there, I'll show you. All right? So Adam would have had communications with the land of Nod? That's, that's, that's exactly what it looks like. Okay. That's the implications because we're fixing to find out that's where well, he was. Wife. Yeah, he was supposed to rule the earth, wouldn't he? So uh, yeah, you I go. That makes he was sense. supposed to have dominion over the whole earth. He had the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven at the same time. He was the first Adam, remember? Yes. That's why Christ is called the second Adam. <laughs> Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. The first Adam screwed it up. The next, the second Adam took it away. Praise God. We'll go ahead and stop here for tonight. Is there any questions in the chat room? Brother Dave, you got anything else you want to add? No, that was interesting. Anybody got any prayer requests? I'll give you extra special time tonight to write them down. We missed one last night. My my bad. Uh, took care of it tonight, though. I'll, uh, I'll answer Brian's question. He asked, was the program later today? Tried to sign in earlier and had problems. No program scheduled. That was my fault, Brian. I apologize. I apologize to everybody. Um, I didn't have it scheduled properly, and... <clears throat> I actually thought today was Tuesday, and but wasn't even checking on it or you know keeping up with it to even double check or anything. So I apologize. It, you know, brother, it it felt like Tuesday all day long to me as well. If I hadn't have been studying, knew I had to study and posted the program this morning, I would have thought it was Tuesday myself. I so. can't explain that for anything under the sun, but why, why would it even feel like Tuesday? It was Monday all day. But. It, it felt like one rock. And another thing, yesterday I thought it was Saturday, brother. Yesterday when y'all come over here, I thought it was Saturday. I did too. That, I guess, I don't know. It's, that was weird. It was weird. It was super weird. I felt the same way, brother. Don't know. I can't explain it. Mm-mm. can't explain it all. Weird. Uh, Chad had a question, but you answered it. Negroes can't farm. Don't some teach Negro skin is the mark of Cain? Yes, I just got through talking about yes. that earlier. Yes, you did. You did, and by the way, don't buy that one for a second, because I know a bunch of blacks that can farm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing. They, they can be taught the business. Yes, they can. They have to be taught, but they can farm. They can one of the best they, farmers in my neck of the woods up in North Alabama was a black guy. Yeah, well, we have, you know, the South's full of some elegantly built homes, antebellum homes that were constructed by slaves who were right. taught to be carpenters. That's right. You, you can teach them to do anything. It's kind of difficult in today's world to make carpenter out of one of them, i tell you that, but right. it has been done. Yes. You can teach them. Because and, it's, and when we get to Genesis chapter nine, ten, and eleven, I'll bring up some points that you're just gonna have to settle in your own mind, because there's six thousand years of history to back up the stuff that I'm gonna say. I don't have the answers to some of it. Don't claim to. I just know that the fruits are, are the the facts are in the, the historical fruits, and what we're just talking about about what Brother Kevin just said happens to be one of them. Um, you can teach. As long as, as long as the white man is in control, and the black man is in his best condition, he learns. You can teach him so much to where he can take care of himself and everything else. But you take away somebody over the black man, 
and he winds up eating himself every time. Cannibalism. That's all it is. Having babies, he has a sex problem. Always has. Degenerate right into primitive animals. That's exactly right. Degeneration, just like a, right back to an animal. But you, if the white man rules over him, everything you can, you can, you can civilize him. And we'll get into that, like I said later on. I don't understand all of it. I just know it's true. And they'll tell you that yourself. You don't believe me? Listen to Pastor Manning. He'll tell oh, you yes. that right up front. Oh yes, he's really he straightforward. He said, "You niggers, you couldn't even build a boat that would float." And he's a nigger. man came along. Yeah. Guest five says, "Interesting thought. I once heard a preacher say you could teach blacks how to um, lay block and brick, <coughs> except oh, for the except for the cornerstones, and that just points out that they still need a white man over." That's correct. That's exactly what he points out. Absolutely. I've I've known back I was in construction and worked for so long, man. I knew some great masons that were black. Matter of fact, that was one of their favorite trades was brick masons, right, Kevin? Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. that's concrete. I was yeah. doing concrete. I've had 30 niggers on my crew, not the first white boy nowhere. <laughs> the first crew my daddy ever gave me once he bumped me up to labor for him was a crew of niggers, and I could get more concrete poured with that bunch of niggers than I could a bunch of whites. Yep. I rarely ever had any problems. Occasionally, we'd hire some young buck. Oh, yeah. You know, he'd want to call me racist or mm-hmm. something. Well, I just had to jump off in his butt, and he'd mm-hmm. either get to work and drop that stuff, or you could go home because not, right. all these niggers knew I wasn't. They didn't think. They didn't consider me racist. They knew they no. were niggers. I'm a white guy. But That's right. You're going to come out here and work. I'm going to treat you like a man. There you go. Amen. Amen. There's no prayer request, Brother Dave, nowhere? No, I don't see any. Okay, if you will, go ahead and dismiss us in a word of prayer, Brother. Yes, I will. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this evening. Thank you for teaching us your word. Thank you for opening our hearts and minds to new revelations so that we can know you and the power of your resurrection, yes. so that we can be intimate with you, so that we can understand your word some Many people say that you, you, your word is cruel, that you're not reasonable, you demand such things, but it's all love and action. All these rules were love and action. Everything that you said was love and action. Amen. And there's real good explanations for everything that may appear at first glance to the untrained and unlearned mind as being cruel. There's nothing cruel about God, not a cruel molecule in his being and i thank you for that lord jesus that you but you are just and you are an avenger of blood and you will come back lord jesus and you will reign and rule and you will slay your enemies and all of heaven will rejoice in that day when you cast those worthless men and angels into hell yes father And we give you thanks for that, Lord, that it will happen. And we thank you that you've saved us from that eternal destiny. Yes, Lord. And, and Lord, I pray tonight that as we close our eyes and that we would pray and and be intimate with you in our prayers and seek you tonight after this program for a time and that you would speak to us about what you want 
and not about what we want, that we're always bringing prayer requests, we're always asking for this and that, and that's good, you want us to. But Lord, how often do we ask you, what do you you want? What are the personal things, uh, desires of your heart? What is the outcomes that you would like to see? What is the desires that you have for us? And I pray, Lord, that we would be more concerned at times about hearing your prayer request, so to speak, Lord. And I I pray that you have this time with us tonight, and I ask all these things in the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen, amen, and amen. And I pray again, Holy Father, for Brother Brian's grandkids. I pray that you put protective angels around them, Father. Keep them safe and give Brother Brian peace of mind, Father, to know that your protective care is around them because you said you sent your angels as ministering spirits to the ones that are heirs of salvation, and that you, each each little child, like the Lord yeah. said, has an angel that stands in front of you with their protection, Father. I pray that Brother Brian would rest on the promises in this book. Give him peace of mind, Father. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Contact information, brother. Yes. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. Pastor Don's email address is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. You can go to PayPal and open an account if you don't have one. And you can make an offering by entering respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. That allows you to make an offering directly to Pastor Don. Or you can go to Pastor Don's mailing address, send your cards and letters and offerings to his home at 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama. 36017 Thanks for listening everyone. Thanks everybody. Good night and God bless and Lord willing Friday night we will be back in the book of Matthew and brother Chad will be back with us then. Love you brother Dave. Give me a call sometime this week brother if you get an opportunity, yes. okay? Okay. Talk to you later brother Good night, Kevin. Pastor. Good night brother Kevin. Love you guys. Good night everyone. God bless. Good night brother Brian.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.